I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. The thing about hip-hop today is it's smart. It's insightful. The the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. You don't stop doing a daily live stream Monday through Thursday from 1 p.m. Eastern until it's time to go home. And that's what we're doing. It's Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast live. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. F- it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. For all you uh, friends, neighbors, uh, supporters, and haters, we're doing it every Monday through Thursday for the month of September. We'll do it live. Uh, with a special bonus drop on the podcast tip, only available for the podcast feed. Uh, you can check that out wherever you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Hip Hop Can Save America. Not to be confused with Hip Hop Can't Save America. It's a different podcast. We're going to battle one day. There's no other podcast named that. I'm just joking. Listen, it's your man, Manny Faces. I'm rocking with you. Like I said, weekdays for the month of September, we've had some amazing guests with new guests every day. That's the whole thing. It's not just me talking to you. Anyone could do that. But who could pull in this amazing assortment of guests that we've had for the past uh, two weeks now, about halfway through the month, uh, and we have the rest of the month booked out. Incredible folks doing incredible things that deal with the intersection of hip-hop and other areas of humanity, generally in a positive way. People who are doing using hip-hop in education or science and technology or health and wellness or politics, activism and social justice or the fine arts or spirituality, all these intersections and amazing uh, ways that we can use hip-hop kind of music, the culture, the, the symbolism, the spirituality, the ethos. Uh, we bring hip-hop to different platforms and improve lives, livelihoods, and communities. So if you're just checking this out, go back, binge watch for you know for a bunch of episodes. You'll love what you see in here. I do believe if you're a fan of hip-hop, if you're not a fan of hip-hop, that's even better because you probably have kind of a, an idea of what hip-hop might be and what might uh, it might be about. 
And uh, we dispel some of those myths. And I think give you some really innovative, inspiring and surprising ways that hip hop culture is actually benefiting humanity. So that's my job. That's what I do. You can follow me wherever you follow people, uh, many faces on most of the things. Just Google me and the thing you're trying to find me. Uh, subscribe to this podcast again on the podcast feed. And we do have a great newsletter that goes out periodically. It's called the Hip Hop Advocate. You can find out information about all of this stuff at hiphopadvocacy.org, the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy at hiphopadvocacy.org. Special thanks to Funkadelic Studios for showing some love sponsoring this uh, this show. If you'd like to sponsor, you can always reach out and let us know. We can do the same thing. Funkadelic Studios is in Midtown Manhattan. A lot of musicians and artists are getting that itch to get back into recording or rehearsing. Uh, they Their studio's back open, limited capacity, social distancing, high-tech UV rays and bursts of, I don't say radiation, it's probably wrong. And that makes it sound way more deadly than it should. Uh, but they're keeping the place clean and safe. And you're, you and your music friends can go down and rehearse and record. Funkadelic Studios has been a friend of uh, independent musicians in New York for a very long time. Do check them out. And also Newsbeat, again, another podcast. Uh, we've had them on this show. I'm part of that uh, movement as well. A social justice podcast that incorporates high level social justice journalism, tackling some of the issues that we hear and see and talk about and wish would be covered more. They cover it and then they incorporate music and original hip hop uh, very often to kind of give it that real compelling, um, energetic punch. We like to say it's like if Democracy Now. This is Democracy Now. Black Thought had a podcast, baby. Go through the veins to the brain, fabulous and strange. My journalistic range is a catalyst for change. Uh, so do check that out, Newsbeat, wherever you find podcasts. And uh, you'll see up here, if you want to support this work, patreon.com slash Manny Faces. I always wait to the end. Uh, I want you to do it because the stuff, you know, costs money. We could do even more. We could do it even greater, bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, but don't leave now to go do it. Don't forget to come back. So I don't want you to leave. We're going to get started in two seconds. Uh, one, two. So today, as you can see on the screen and as you read the words of the episode where you're uh, getting it, culture fix. Hashtag culture fix is, uh, is my guest collectively two wonderful people uh, who i've known and followed and worked with in some regard very uh, loosely in the past for quite some time when i talked in the beginning about what this show is about bringing stories and people together that are doing innovative things that incorporate cultures and perspectives and ethos all to kind of help humanity there's really i mean it's this is textbook example of what culture fix does Nora Rahimian and Natalie Crew are with me today to talk about their organization, the background, the past, present, and future of what this uh, wonderful idea is all about and how wonderful it works in practice. Heroes of mine, heroines, I suppose, are with me today. What's up, Nora? What's up, Natalie? How you doing? Hey, Manny. It's good to be here. Hello, my friend. It's good to see your faces, not just uh, your hashtag <laughs> uh you guys are super uh active in the in the twitter sphere but you've now been doing like digital events and you know there's so much that you guys have done individually and collectively as culture fix please for the people uh, who may not be familiar uh in your own best words and how you describe what's you know the other what is culture fix to the folks who don't know yeah so culture fix is a global network of artists activists entrepreneurs creative people very broadly defined who connect across borders and use their platforms for social change. So what Natalie and I do is play matchmaker. Um, 
with creatives and curate events where people can come together and share information and resources. Um, really, the whole idea is that we have within our networks everything we need to succeed. And so if we collaborate and work together, we can overcome any kind of wall, ban, political system that's trying to divide and conquer us um, and also achieve collective success. So good people doing good things from all around the world. Right on. Who, who's, the, who's the us? Who are you trying to say, hey, we, we're, we're trying to uplift and, and give strength in numbers to? Good people doing good things. I mean, really, we're, we're this like broad amoebus kind of network. Right. Um, and it really like we don't, ha- you know, people ask, well, like, what is Culture Fix? And it's not like there's a membership structure. Right. If you align with the values and you're trying to overthrow white supremacy, patriarchy and capitalism and creativity is the way that you do it. Like, welcome to the family. <laughs> um, it's, it's yeah, it's that simple. I find, and, and, and Natalie, you'll speak to this because we've spoken, uh, well, you know, we've all talked, but, you know, it's a global thing. You guys are globally, I mean, this is Hip Hop Save America, so I do focus kind of domestically, but it's the same kind of uh, idea that creative folks are doing the, like, I'll say the real work. Like, there's celebrities, there's big organizations, there's national and international organizations, but there's something real grassrooty about Culture Fix. And I think that, uh, as I often say on this show, uh, you know, the puffy voter dies, the other ways that like kind of celebrity culture is being used to try to get people to, to do things is great. Sure. Helpful. Maybe. Who knows? Debatable. We could talk about it. Uh, but when you talk about like people who are doing things sort of in pockets, that that collective power in numbers is really, uh, really important. You guys are fostering that. Am I, am I on the right track with this? I think we really want to amplify like, Oftentimes we get caught up in the voter die uh, campaigns and like all these other massive, very manufactured things going on. But there are really amazing people, especially like within the culture fix network that are doing amazing things. Um, Again, not just in the States, but like across the globe. And we really want to amplify that, but also like provide a connection point for people um, doing that work. So people know that like, yeah, there's all these big campaigns, but there's also these very localized, or local campaigns that you can connect to and be a part of or learn from or maybe rethink your own work um, by looking at what other people are doing. Um, so this work really gets catalyzed by the media, the larger like social impact structures, the art sector. So yeah. um, we try to bring it home. I think that's valuable. You know, a lot of times we see issues, we hear about issues, we see media coverage and people, you know, don't always know what to do or how to get involved or, you know, and it, and then you, if you, all you see is sort of like these large, you know, systems, yeah, you could throw, you could put some money into some, you know, some random nonprofit or whatever the case. But again, there's something about the people that you're working with uh, who are doing some on the ground stuff that's really close and local and, and, or, or very niche and whatever it is, you could find it kind of in the network that you guys are, uh, are helping facilitate. H- how did this, uh, I know I'm sure you've told the story a bunch of times, but how did you two realize that this was a void that needed to be filled? Uh, you know, how did you, you know, randomly like reach for the same piece of cake at the same time, like in the movies and touch <laughs> each other and say, it was Persian just- ice cream, actually. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did y'all uh, say, Hey, we got it. We could do this. Let's, let's fix this thing. Let's fix this. Let's use culture to fix things. 
I love this story, so I'm going to say it. Um, so Natalie and I, I mean, it kind of was like that, though. We were on a, this was, so Culture Fix is turning six years old this month. So six years ago, Natalie and I were on a Twitter chat just randomly. And I see this person tweeting about like global hip hop and politics and being very, um, very bold and unfiltered in her tweets. And I was like, what? Global hip hop and politics? Like me too. And so literally it was four tweets. We went back and forth. I DM'd her. We got on a phone call and really quickly realized that we knew amazing people all around the world who were doing this kind of work that you're talking about, but that those people didn't know each other. And so we started to talk about, you know, how isolating it can be when you think you're the only one doing this work and everyone is co-opting your messages. They're co-opting the visuals without actually doing real work. Um, and, and so that's kind of how we, we were like, all right, well, what do we, what can we do? We can connect people. We can start to spark these conversations. Um, and so actually we had started culture fix. We'd started doing Twitter chats and stuff like that before Natalie and I had ever even seen each other. (laughs) Like we, it wasn't until like six months in when we did a chat with Ruche from South Africa, who's an amazing cultural organizer, photographer that he was like, Oh, we should get on Skype. And Natalie and I were like, Oh, we should maybe get to see each other. Nice. We should have done this like months ago. <laughs> wow. um, but it was because we were so aligned in terms of the values that we shared, how we wanted to work, who we were working with, and yeah. ultimately like the change that we wanted to create. And I think that's the thing kind of to what you're asking earlier, Manny, the thing that makes us different is that the people that we work with aren't so much invested in the optics of change. They actually mm-hmm. want to create change. Like mm-hmm. it's some real like life or death, do or die shit for, right. for the folks that we work with versus some of the folks that are getting media attention or on the, you know, vote or die or whatever, where right. it's safe and it looks good. Um, I think folks in our culture fix network are a little more comfortable with like risk and discomfort. Um, yeah. And that's a really unique thing to gather people around, I think. Right. Was it uh, James Ball when he said something about artists are supposed to dis- you know, disrupt or you know, make people uncomfortable or you know, something like that? Yeah. Um, I'm butchering it. But uh, yeah, that's, I think that's super important. Did it, so did it start as sort of the, the, the Twitter chat, hashtag culture fix, uh, which still goes on? Uh, to some degree, not everyone knows what a, kind of these uh, orchestrated Twitter chats are all about. So a weekly, certain time, all tagged with a hashtag, but themed. And what were some of the themes that you guys were starting to delve into that started to like, kind of get some attention and some participation? Um, we did like the intersections of sports and social change. We talked about decolonizing love. Um, we were talking about like trans inclusion we were talking about um, what are some. I mean, we we've, we've done some very practical ones, like how do you build a team? How do you build right. collaborative relationships globally without being colonial? And then right. we've done more like theoretical um, things around like accountability. So basically, mm-hmm. they're conver- they're they're very broad conversations, and the premise is always that none of us are experts, or we're all experts. Um, and right. so we all come in and, and speak from experience and share the work that, you know, talk about the work that you're doing, talk about your local nuanced context. Um, and so we did Twitter chats for a really, really long time. And then now what we're doing is having Zoom conversations right. so that people can get more in depth and really explore. And we're bringing in guests and doing a little bit of um, 
more information sharing. And then, you know, we do events and we partner with folks like hip hop ed and accountability lab and, you know, do things like that as well. Um, But cross crossover events. Always. When when you go into their sitcom and then they come into your sitcom. (laughs) I did did that. Yeah. Yeah. I did that on news, on newsbeat. We had a crossover event. It was great. And then I, and then I, and then I labeled it as a versus. It was great. Uh, (laughs) but that's great because again hip hop ed another kind of twitter chat you know that grew into something Mm -hmm. uh offline i mean conferences and a book series like there are ways to take some of the uh ideas and and couplings that you guys are helping facilitate like you say matchmaking uh and have them turn into other things and that's i guess a, a goal i mean one of my favorite things is when people who meet or connect through culture fix go and create like we don't claim ownership over any of it i want you to go and create and then i'm like oh it's like my baby you know (laughs) it's our grandchild Um, you you had me sign an nda wait up no (laughs) but that's it it's like this is like in the spirit of of collaboration and creativity yeah yeah Yeah. And, and the idea that like we all win so your success is our success even if like we're not owning it or claiming it right it's it's this like non-possessive way of encouraging people to work together yeah especially when they then invite you on their show i'm just saying i'm not like hypothetically that's a beautiful <laughs> thing to do uh to reciprocate because of course I, I did participate in a culture fix mm-hmm. uh with lisa russell i believe who uh you know uh, shouts to lisa russell uh so that, you know so it's great to see this kind of hand in hand happen what are some of the examples of that are, are there some kind of anecdotal things that you know about where people have gone on to kind of collaborate and move offline is that something like is there something specific you could speak to just to kind of give people an understanding of well, what type of people that might match with other people? Maybe it wouldn't have happened on their own, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, Susan Campion, who's been part of the network since day one, she runs Giant Steps in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yep. <laughs> like, let me not yeah. get it wrong. Um, yeah. I've made, you know, we've made some introductions to Susan for people who have then spoken at Giant Steps and have become part of the Giant Steps network. Right. Um, and they're great now. Uh, TK and Conscious from Bonfire Radio are affiliated with them. That's it, you know. So, so you know, there's yeah. connections. We we all kind of you know six degrees of dopeness. <laughs> I mean, but, but like, I think that's part of the thing, right? Is like we're all so interconnected already, right? Like you mentioned, least like we all know each other. This world of like global hip hop with this kind of political lens is so small. And so why aren't we supporting each other? We should all be on each other's podcasts and shows and like yeah. on each other's Instagram feeds and right. amping like because in the in have like in the absence of institutional power, our power comes from sharing and supporting and amplifying each other. Yeah. Um and so that's kind of what we try to do in like small ways and big ways and in the ways that we're able to is like let's hook each other up. Why not? The homie discount should apply to everybody. <laughs> right. Like, here's some resources, like, or here's this person, they're looking for this, like, here you go, like, I, I'm not necessarily in need of whatever they have right now, but I know that you were talking about it, so, like, here's some resources, here's this person, like, you connect, goodbye, thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> More grandchildren, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, you I mean, you were great, you, you know, we did it when, when COVID kind of became a thing and we were all kind of pandemic up and, and, and staying home and all the things that were going, you know, kind of crazy. Some of us, I, myself included, I, I, I took to online, I took to doing some live streams, not quite as comprehensive as this, but, you know, going on every day saying, Hey, I'm in touch with a lot of the people. Like these are people, I, my Twitter feed is, I don't want people complain about their Twitter feed. I hate everyone on my Twitter feed. Well, then follow better people because the people on my Twitter feed 
are dope. We're doing, yeah, dope. We were doing some things. And I was sharing a lot of the information and forwarding it, like you said, passing it along, being on Facebook and seeing, oh, uh, independent artists, you know, need to get funding. Here's some grant opportunities. And I was finding them. I started talking about them. Here comes Natalie Crew with links, pawn, links, pawn, links, pawn, links. And just and, and coming back, Nat, you came back like days later to my that same thread on my mm-hmm. Facebook page. It was like, got a new one, bong. And I'd go online, bong, here's a new one. That to me, I mean, that speaks so like so many volumes as to why this is such an a, an effective and and just wonderful thing that y'all doing. Yeah, that I think in the sector, like <laughs> a lot of times, in the, I don't know about that. You might you might have me up by like about fifteen steps. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times in the art sector and like even like hip hop circles, especially with the political lens, like yep. certain re- sources go to certain individuals or like groups so like whenever i see things i try to share and like amplify them or i know some groups that i belong to are like can be like very exclusive so i don't care i'm going to share like whatever resources <laughs> dropped in that listserv or that group right. <laughs> and like i want everybody in our network and even people connected to you to like have these resources and access to them and only in that way can we like grow like the hip-hop culture and continue to like foster like relationships so i not going to be like that gatekeeping person that you often right. find like in the art sector. Right. So when something. I saw those grants, I'm like, here, Manny, like here, Sam, here, you know, this yeah, person, absolutely. that person. So, yeah. I, I passed along things that I applied for and I'm like, well, I'm just adding to the competition. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> like, how can I sit on that? Like, we're all going through it. And you know what? People do need, I've passed along some things. I like, I could apply for this. I'm like, you know what? I'm not because I don't want to add to that pool of, of applicants because I don't need it as much as somebody else might. But again, just putting it out there and, you know, you come to find that there's a lot of independent artists, uh, especially in this, like you said, political land, social consciousness, whatever you want to like attach to it, even just an independent artist that just, you know, doesn't have any of those things going on. It's very difficult to receive timely, uh, authentic, vetted information that can help them. You know, there's this big scam going on uh, these artists getting you know this this mixtape thing that's happening you know and people are like you know you, you know what i'm talking about i'm not gonna get into this another, yeah. another show <laughs> that's but another like, show episode that's another show. <laughs> but that being said like there you know people do get duped people are kind of confused there's a lot of things going on you need to know you know with grants it's very important like you, you know follow this do that have your your affairs in order Sometimes you find out too late. I, as a new business, I started technically my production company in July of last year. So I hadn't even been technically in business for a year. So I wasn't eligible for some grants because I didn't have business records going back. And there's some people that do things kind of, you know, freelancing, but they're not keeping business records. So you have to backtrack and say, oh, now I, all that information needs to be kind of delved ahead of, de- dealt out ahead of time. That's what I think some of the stuff you're doing, you did a cybersecurity uh, uh, event. Like, so I, I think you're also at the same time of like giving information now when it's needed. Also, like you said, giving some general forward thinking stuff that you need to have in your arsenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we want people to have the foundation to be successful. Right. And I think a lot of people are really good at the art piece, but mm-hmm. it takes, listen, grants are intentionally difficult, right? They're set up to be barriers. And so if we can do our piece around making it accessible to folks, but also then providing some support around how do you successfully apply for this? How do you, you know, what are the nitty gritty details? Right. Then awesome. Um, there's enough success for all of us. And so if I share a grant or I give you, I share an opportunity, doesn't mean that I'm never going to get my success either. And that's, that's foundationally how we operate. 
is we all, there's enough for all of us to win and let's help each other get there. Yeah. What do you plan on doing? Uh, you know, obviously you've adapted, you've pivoted, as you said, to kind of digital uh, meetings. I'm showing the Culture Fix uh, Twitter search. Y'all don't see this, but for everyone watching, I'm showing the, <laughs> the Twitter feed of a search on hashtag Culture Fix, which is a rabbit hole that you can go into because, again, y'all <laughs> been having these these not only these these Twitter chat and conversations, but you're attaching Culture Fix to a lot of relevant stuff, even if it's not an official, hey, we're together at this time. Uh, so it's a wealth of resources and a wealth of great people. So again, with the pivot, with doing some things online, what are some of the upcoming or, you know, planned adventures uh, that, <laughs> that you're going to go on uh, under the Culture Fix kind of brand? So we're celebrating our six years in two weeks. And that's happy, happy almost birthday. Thank you. And, and I have to say, it's exciting because look, Culture Fix is just me and Natalie. We do this on top of like all the other things we do to like actually pay our bills and survive right. in the world. And so it hasn't always been like easy and smooth sailing. And so the fact that like we've made it six years is super exciting, I think. So we're actually taking some time to build up our infrastructure. We're looking for help. So if anybody wants to help us with like admin, social media, organizational stuff, please feel free to reach out to me and Natalie. We need you. Um, but so I think that's actually... a it's not as exciting as like telling you we're going to start a festival or do a conference, but right. we're actually taking some time to finally build up our infrastructure so that we can do what we do better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we're starting to talk about what a type of very intentionally larger gathering could look like um, where there's resources and information and networking and people can come to one place and get it all. Right. Um, that's a little more, a little more useful than like a conference. Um, right. Mm. So we're in the early stages of that. Conferences can go either way. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> it's another. It's another. Another podcast. We just have, we're gonna have like spinoffs. You know, you, we had the we had the crossover. Now we're gonna have the spinoff. Thirty Norm- seasons later. <laughs> hey, call me the Norman Lear of podcasting over here. <laughs> Um, that's dope. And it is important because again, you have proof of concept. You have shown that it works, that people get value, such valuable information, such valuable connections, uh, from anything that you, you know, you guys have figured, you, you figured out, I think that real Venn diagram of creatives and, uh, and issues and effective ways of navigating life. And that, that Venn diagram right in the middle is, I think, at the heart of, uh, of, of what culture fixes up to me anyway. That's, that's sort of what I get out of it. Natalie, I, this is, you, you always do this. You always come in and you say, yep, worldwide, global. Don't forget. And when we talk about hip hop, we talk about, you know, music stuff. Um, and, and I, both, you know, both of your, your focus is, is making sure that this is global. What are some of the ways that a global network that Culture Fix reaches the globe? And you talked about, you know, other countries and other folks doing things elsewhere. What kind of inspiration do you get? And then also what kind of help do we get to export as, as, very American-centric Americans? That's an interesting question. I don't know that we're helping anybody. I've very much (laughs) distanced myself from this notion of like savior complex. And that's a lot of what I find wrong with the hip-hop political sphere that exists in this country and their culture exchange program. But that's that's episode 85. (laughs) Um, For me, like traveling to other places and interacting with folks and bringing artists over to the States for many years. Um, it was more about like exploring like 
what is this political hip hop thing look elsewhere? Like, how are they expressing that? Like, what models of like infrastructure do they have in XYZ country? Um, and out of that, I kind of came across this guy, Vandal in Malaysia. He's actually from Canada. Hmm. And they were doing a lot of stuff around blockchain and like um, kind of circumventing the whole traditional music industry model. So like, I've been finding a lot of different things like that, like in Brazil and like Argentina and like all these different places. And we can learn a lot by like stepping outside of our own like lens and looking at what other people are doing. And one of the things Nora says, and like I also like say quite a bit, uh, but Nora's a big cheerleader here that um, the U.S. is not like, the center piece or the focus of the entire world, especially like in the hip hop sphere. There's so many what? other things going on elsewhere. The biggest hip hop festivals, let's keep it funky, are not in the States. They're in Colombia, they're in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Um, and they're doing this stuff extremely well. So yeah. we can learn a lot in multiple arenas yeah. from production to the music to different music models. But yeah, and Nora can definitely add to that. Yeah, what do you think, Nora? From a worldwide perspective, what what can we learn, and what are we learning, and what should we be learning from you know the way all of these things that we've touched upon are are being handled elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, I I think in the U.S., it's so easy to get tunnel vision around like what success looks like, how you have to achieve it, um, and as soon as you step out, you realize that there's so many different ways of engaging with audiences, of building fan. You know, we work with artists who can walk down the street in LA and no one looks at them twice. And then they go to Japan and everyone's like, Oh my God, right. because they realize that there's multiple markets and there's multiple places to connect. And so I think, I think part of when you start to look globally, what comes up is the possibility of so many different alternatives. Mm. Um, and that's true in terms of like what music sounds like in terms of how people collaborate, but also looking at the way that government systems support arts and artists and uh, what's yes. possible politically. So you go to Canada and they have grants just for music managers. Right. Like who does that? Right. Or you go somewhere else and they, you well, know, Canada. There's, Canada does it. I mean, Canada does it. And, <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah. so if that's you it, only think about the U.S., there's such even the ways that even when we think we're being creative and innovative, right. we're only being creative and innovative in the box that the U.S. allows us right. to do that. And so looking out really expands what possibility can look like. And then we that's from that place where we can create new systems, new collaborations, new partnerships. Like that's where innovation can really, really happen. And I love that that's the message you preach. Uh, I've talked about this before, but when I went to, uh, well, first of all, I've been, the only time I was out of the United States, except for, you know, on the continent, I went to Europe, I went to Lyon and the uh, Lyon Original Festival, which had been going on there for a long time. They brought me over there. And this was a festival, pure hip hop, all the elements, multi-day outside. There's a town square and it was Easter Monday. Apparently they shut down for Easter Monday else in other places of the world something i didn't know either because uh, i'm an ignorant american and uh and i go in this thing and they have a whole town square and they got these giant you know plywoods made to look like trains and they got all they flew in all these gr uh, graph artists from new york and they're painting and they're, they got they're, they're they're writing on these uh these giant things there's a like a 600 year old building and on the balcony is dj babu from the beat junkies and he's djing out to this town square this like used to be the governor's mansion like you know 400 years ago and i'm just chilling and the whole town square is surrounded all the bars and the pubs and stuff are open and people are just out there just like taking it in they, they're not necessarily fans of hip-hop they're like locals but they seem to be respecting what was going on 
they weren't like hurried rush New Yorkers that just rushed by the, you know, wild, wildly mm-hmm. talented person you might find on a corner or in a subway station. They were kind of absorbing it and taking it all in. Uh, a couple of years later, uh, the organizer of that brought me to Paris. So I'd gone, I went back to France. I was very blessed and honored to be able to do this. And they have a cultural center, a hip hop culture center, uh, La Place, in the La middle Place. of Paris, France, that was paid for by the by city the of Paris. Yeah, by the government. That to me, like, and I, and it's a beautiful place, uh, high tech. They have classrooms. They teach things. They have great sound stages. I DJed behind uh, my man's shirt, shouts the shirt, um, you know, who's out there performing. And I, I'm like, yo, I mean, granted, you want to build a museum, you want to build all these things, kind of here in the in the birthplace. But this was a real example of how the government really respected and the people really respected hip hop on a much larger scale. Uh, than just the lucrative music, radio, corporate side of things. And it was very eye-opening for me as, again, being someone that had known these things existed, known that, like you say, Japan could have a whole different... But man, to see it in, in person, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a model. It should be here. Mm-hmm. We should be doing it here. I think one of the most incredible things about La Plaza, like they have incredible programming. They have a lot of people um, that are from the actual culture really feeling that ongoing project but they have a co-working space where they allow like hip-hop cultural practitioners like come in and like really work on their businesses and like provide like actual support not just throwing them loans yeah but i think even there's like a hip-hop like colombia there's like a big festival there hip-hop al parque there's 70 five to a hundred thousand people that go to this festival you can't even see the back of the crowd there's so many people (laughs) they don't have any like mainstream acts except for um hip-hop cats from like across the continent and elsewhere and they're really like fueled by the actual culture it's not this manufactured thing going on they represent the elements but they also have like cultural production workshops they have workshops around entrepreneurship um and there are a lot of these things going on else in the world of course there are semblances of that here in the states um but you see it much more elsewhere in the government without the propaganda funding piece or like because they're actually funding these projects that project in colombia is actually funded by the colombian government and some other folks so yeah. uh, it's interesting to see kind of the growth of hip-hop culture like elsewhere over the last like t- how many decades three decades or so yeah, and I think it's probably another spin-off conversation to see like why yeah. <laughs> why governments do the things they do, uh, you know, and and why they may not be uh, so keen to it here because of course we know that uh, hip hop is very much about community. I think everyone understands that, but it becomes a real threat when it becomes about constituency. You know yeah. what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think that there's a there's probably a, a catch twenty two, and I think you know we we see that in the way that uh, corporate media you know portrays hip hop. Whether it's intentional or non-intentional, again, another spin-off conversation. Uh, but episode ninety-five. I'm, write, I'm writing them down. Um, just have you back every day. We can just talk about all these things. That's it. No more guests. It's just y'all. Um, but this is again why the work that uh, you do is so valuable, uh, and and why the people on the same wavelength. You know, working together, learning about each other, connecting, vibing, supporting, retweeting, you know, joining the network is so valuable. Uh, it's really been a, a great pleasure to, to follow, uh, you know, all of this uh, over the last few years. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things and I try to preach the gospel every <laughs> every chance I get. Um, and again, that's the whole thing. Hip hop can save America. 
but it, you know, it, it needs to save itself a little bit too in America, you know, before it can do all these things with that, as we, as we get towards the end, I don't want to hold you guys too long. Um, the name of the podcast is hip hop can save America. And of course we've danced around this idea, this concept. I think it's a really lofty goal. And I think we need a little bit more than just that. Uh, but some of the things we've been talking about, these intersections, these, uh, these ways that, uh, the culture and the people and the ethos of hip hop can improve things. We've seen the receipts. We've talked to the people. We know the art. We know who's doing it. Um, what's your best argument for why hip hop, music, and culture should be at the table when discussing how to really make change that can affect and improve lives and livelihoods and communities in this country? I think, well, I know um, hip hop has always been like at the core of like social impact and social change, although we might not like see the whole brunt of that like and not just in the states but across the globe um it's been these the essence of hip-hop culture are provide like a vehicle for us to like really understand and like sharpen our analysis around like what's really going on and like hip-hop has always been like it's not about it can change like hip-hop is changing um Mm -hmm. even from its birth in the bronx to um even in la during the riots or even where i'm at in stockton california like hip-hop has always been at the core of pushing the envelope and really challenging the world to like actually look at its own like bullshit he's my language to shift its kind of the concrete i want to say to shift Mm -hmm. like our perceptions to shift like what's going on to like really look deeply into what's going on. Um, so hip hop has always been a part of that. Like from, you know, hip hop cats not being allowed in mainstream clubs, except for like the punk clubs in New York city and people like, well, we're just going to have park jams. We're just going to have like Mm. our own little community centers, our own little parties at our own spots. And that like challenging, um, kind of the, the status quo and them not really caring about the government or, these other clubs and like creating their own spaces. So like hip hop mm-hmm. has always been that. Um, and there's like multiple other things that I can name in terms of like hip hop, like shifting the landscape. But yeah, like hip hop is already hip hop. It needs to save itself and get back to its roots. But like hip hop has been doing that work since it's, since it's birth into this world. So, yeah. yeah, indeed. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, to Natalie's point, if hip hop has always historically been about the most disenfranchised, And so if we're talking about creating new systems and coming up with solutions, you can't do that without having the most disenfranchised part of, as part of that conversation. Um, And, and people who have historically for decades been doing the work, right. To Natalie's point, hip hop has been always about what that change could look like, what those alternative imaginings could be like. And so if we think of hip hop as the experts, right, who have put in the work for decades, of course, they should be at the table, because that's who needs the solution most, um, to frame it in like, development, social change talk, right? Right, Like, you need to have the community that you're serving in the conversation, and then allow them to actually lead the discourse and make the decisions. Um, And to Natalie's point, I think there's a little bit of um, kind of assimilation that hip hop has tried to do. And so I'm, to me, what I'm interested in is how is hip hop going back to itself right, to save right. itself first. And then I think as hip hop, I think once hip hop does that, a lot of things will fall into place actually. Right. I, I very much agree with that sentiment. Um, uh, the dog does too. Uh, so you have a very good cheerleader right there. Like, that's right. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> exactly uh, what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is part of it. I think what 
humbly, I think what I'm trying to do is is part of that. What what Culture Fix does is definitely a part of that. Uh, bring when you say you know hip hop music kind of bring it back. It's not just hip hop. The you know the music we know. It's the hip hop culture. It's the ethos. It's all the kind of uh, sprinkles of of hip hop DNA that are found in a lot of us and a lot of different people in different ways. That healing of itself, I think, hap- is happening. I think that it just needs the attention. I think the people are doing the work. Organizations are doing the work. We've spoken. We've dropped some names in this one. Uh, they're doing the work, and I think that as a journalist, to be able to tell those stories and as mm-hmm. sort of facilitators to bring those people together, those two things are extremely valuable. And I don't know. Uh, there's very. I can't think of anyone uh, that I think that does it better than Culture Fix. So uh, I thank you for your hard work and dedication. Six years, Dougie Fresh, you're on, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, I look forward to the party. You're invited. Your invite's coming soon. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, But uh, so please, obviously, uh, people can uh, find you uh, digitally. That's where Culture Fix has its roots. Uh, Where where should people look to find you uh, individually and collectively as Culture Fix? Uh, And then tell me also what individually you might be doing uh, behind each other's backs that people should know about. (laughs) (laughs) Nor I don't do anything to be... Behind each other, around the public. <laughs> um, you can find me at Natalie Crew everywhere on the internet, but I'm mostly like on Instagram and Facebook these days. Um, I ran away from Twitter for a while. Um, <laughs> Nora's gonna get out of this conversation. Um, so yeah, I'm also like on other like Steemit and like other blockchain platforms. This is kind of divest from social media, um, but I'm also doing a lot of like cultural production and event stuff with. Arts for Change, which is also like a global network of like educators. Um, we have like a conference coming up next month, apparently, um, and some stuff with some legendary veterans in the artivist um, sector. Um, wow. And I got a lot of other things going on, but All right. culture fixing our babies. So. <laughs> right, very cool. Um, and I'm Nora Rahimian on everything, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I do one-on-one consulting for artists and entrepreneurs. So if you're trying to figure out how to navigate all this in ways without having to give up your financial freedom or your creative control or want to use your platform for change, um, I'm, I do one-on-one consulting. I'll help you figure it all out. And then tomorrow, Jasmine Lamb and I are hosting a conversation around radical self-care. Um, so if people are interested in that, feel free to reach out to me. That's the other thing that I'm really invested in is how our personal and political intersect and what does it look like to take care of ourselves and each other better on that emotional level. Yeah. But yeah, hashtag culture fix. We'll find you. You'll find us. Um, reach out to us if you have any thoughts or ideas. Sounds good. Uh, as I said before, I'll do everything I can to help spread that word. Thank you for uh, both um, being here today. It's just an honor and a privilege to know you both. Likewise. Same, man. To rock Thank with you. y'all. Uh, let me know anything else is popping. I'll definitely pass it along to the audiences that uh, pay attention to me. And I do encourage everyone to now, if you haven't already, pay attention to y'all. <laughs> Thanks, so. Manny. All right. I appreciate it. Anything else that I left off or that you need to bring up? Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Don't drink bleach. <laughs> Don't drink bleach. I love it. Copyright Nora. I, I love it. I love it. The essentials. All right. Thank you both. All right, y'all. Thank you. All right. There you have it. Uh, my good friends from Culture Fix, you ladies can stay in the room if you like and kind of see me, you know, bumble my way out of this. I don't have to say much more than that. 
if you haven't been inspired to check out Culture Fix, if you weren't already familiar, uh, please, please take my word for it. Uh, the uh, incredible mix of artists and creatives and move makers and shakers and change makers and just great influential, inspirational uh, folks that rock the Culture Fix Network is a place to get hope. You know what I mean? Like sometimes uh, these days and times are, are wild. And if you're an artist or creative or someone who is looking at the world through social political lenses and wants to see things better and not always knowing uh, what road or path there is, uh, you'll find great perspectives. And that's what it is. I, I always think that you shouldn't get your news from one location. You shouldn't get your news from one social network, if any. Uh, and that's what I love about the Culture Fix ecosystem. Uh, so many different perspectives from a global standpoint. And Natalie Crew mentions, uh, and, and both her and Nora always talk about the global perspective and how important that is. Uh, you know, I'm in we're East Coast, so not only do we have the selfish United States syndrome, we have the selfish East Coast elite bias or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there is something to all that. Uh, I want to know how people are using hip hop in positive ways to uplift humanity. And I don't want to just get wrapped up in what's happening in the big cities. I need to know what's happening in rural areas. I need to know what's happening in small neighborhoods uh, where some of the best work is being done. It's not all on celebrity level. It's not all on, you know, the, the revolution will not be televised. It's not all in front of your faces every day. It is with the people, places, you know, organizations uh, that are in touch with the, the people who are going through the things. We talk about this on the Newsweek podcast very often. It's why you don't hear our voices on the Newsweek podcast. We have to have the voices represented. Uh, so while you're hearing my voice and I'm talking to you as me, it's my honor and, uh, and privilege and my duty to bring voices to you. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. The folks at Culture Fix, the hashtag online course, and um, follow and participate in their conversations and events, et cetera, et cetera. So with that said, we are here every Monday through Thursday, live, wherever you're watching me now, live, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, doing this for the entire month of September, doing my very best to bring interesting and uh, exciting people who are, again, working with the intersections of hip hop, music and culture to improve humanity and uplift society in, in, in many different ways. Culture Fix is a great way of doing that. We've had hip hop, public health. We've had uh, Ernie Panicoli, the uh, legendary hip hop photographer. Uh, we've had social justice uh, represented by Newsbeat and Silent Night. We've had uh, Dialect the Playwright to talk about the fine arts and how hip hop can find its way into stages to also kind of provoke thought and, uh, and I think evoke change, um, put, put the idea, the seed of change in people's thoughts and prayers, as they say. So a bunch of interesting folks have been on this uh, show for the past half a month. We have a bunch more coming up for the next half a month. And of course, follow us, us as a podcast on uh, uh, wherever you follow, wherever you have podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, uh, Hip Hop Can Save America as a podcast. I'm dropping a couple of bonus episodes just to the feed. So that's it. Culture Fix, my good friends. Uh, thank you once again for, for being here and for taking some time out of your undoubtedly busy day. Oh, I need a nap. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow at 1.00. Thank you once again for anyone who's been listening. Tora on a check-in. Cindy, once again, thanks for all your help. Rob L, back in the mix. Rissa, everyone else who shouted out. I'm looking at the different um, different channels that we're at. If you, if you like this work and you say, oh my God, 
Manny, you're so incredible. Uh, how do you do this? You must be rich. Uh, no, <laughs> but your donations will be uh, gladly accepted and put directly to this work. Patreon.com slash Manny Faces. Uh, no, under no obligation whatsoever. Uh, I do give a couple of interesting things to uh, patrons, including some free sponsorship. So if you're listening, that means other people like you are listening. That means if you have a thing that you want to tell other people like you, you might want to do a sponsorship. But if you become a patron, you get that for free. You get the hookup. So anyway, check it out there. Patreon.com slash Manny Faces. If you don't do that, at least do me the favor of sharing this real quick. Right now, there's a share button. Uh, share it. Let people know, hey, I came across this really cool thing. It's about hip hop, how it can save America, how it can intersect with all kinds of areas like education, science, technology, uh, politics, social justice, and bringing people together. Hence, uh, the Culture Fix movement. Uh, so if that's what you want to do, that's fine, too. Pay it forward. I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. You can find me at mannyfaces.com and related social networks. If you need to get in touch, any questions, suggestions, comments, praise. I don't mind praise at all. You can actually praise me uh, if you'd like to. Not, not like exalt me. That's crazy. But just, you know, say nice things. I'm always down for that. So thank you once again for watching. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Same many time, same many channel. Thanks, y'all. Peace and love. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip-Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Manny Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.